All right. Well, first off, I'd just like to welcome everybody in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And um, just a little preface, I'm very grateful to be part of a, a active and working five-fold ministry. And with that, we've been taught by apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Um, and we have these wonderful studies and, and we've been we've been taught right out of the word, the King James version of the Bible, and we've had these these wonderful stories um, and uh, instruction uh, and we've grown up with this. So um, without further ado, uh, my message tonight is going to be on perfection. <clears throat> uh, the word perfect in the Bible is actually listed 99 times. And then uh, perfection, perfected, is listed uh, a few others as well. The word perfect means integrity. It means truth, without blemish, complete, full, without spot, undefiled. Um, this can be a bit of a, a hairy subject for some. Um, most people out there don't want to talk about perfection. In fact, there's a lie of, a de of the devil out there that says no one's perfect, and that's an absolute lie of the devil because it's completely contrary to the Word of God. Um, I'm going to start off uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, and it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again, again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Yeah, perfection in, uh, in this particular verse means the state of completeness. That means mentally or morally. Perfection, perfectness. Being a new convert or a new, new soul, you know, you're taught, you're, you're baptized under holy hands. Um, like it says in Acts 2.38, uh, for the remission of sins, um, and then you follow that with uh, learning about love and joy and uh, peace and getting that faith built up in you, and you learn all these principles. But it tells us in the Word that to work to go on unto perfection. Um, in a lot of these natural churches nowadays, you get this kind of circle of they'll only take you so far and then you're having to repent of something you've done and go all the way back over and basically start over afresh. And it explicitly talks about not doing that um, with God anymore. We're not to lay, again, the foundation of repentance from dead works. We're to go on unto perfection. That's what it tells us to do. So not only is perfection possible, but we are expected by God to walk perfectly before him. Uh, in the scriptures, this is outlined in Matthew 5.48. It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. He's saying, you be perfect. You do it here. Perfect in this verse means complete in various applications of labor, growth, mental and moral character, completeness, I love this one, of full age, man perfect. You know, I'm honored and blessed to be sitting in a room here with a group of saints who are of full age. I have my wife and my daughters and a dear sister here with us. And even though we may not be 
let's say gray hairs yet, but we've been rooted and grounded and established in a ministry that teaches perfection. And I can say and even boast, you know, in the Lord of that uh, on the ones around me here and, and in our ministry as well, too, that we are of full age because we take on being perfect and walking that way before the Lord. Yeah, it says we are commanded to be perfect just as God the Father is perfect. And that's also part of the, uh, the attributes and uh, the, the butatides it talks about in um, chapter 5 of Matthew as well. It's part of just the makeup of being Christian, being a Christian. It's part of what makes us up. We're going to go into some examples now of perfect men. There's some perfect men in the Old Testament that uh, walked before the Lord uh, being perfect. So if you want to turn to Genesis 6-9, we'll get started here with Noah. You know, the Lord always backs up his word in both the Old and New Testament. You'll always see it. It'll always line out and you'll have be able to draw from either the Old or New Testament um, exactly what his word says. So Genesis 6, 9 says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. <clears throat> so you, there's a key there, Noah walked with God. See, and this is the Old Testament. So in these days, they didn't have the Spirit of the Lord in them. The Spirit of the Lord would come upon certain ones, and the Lord would visit certain ones for sure. Uh, but they didn't have the infilling of the Holy Ghost like we have today. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily an easy time. Noah didn't have, you know, an easy la-di-da life, you know. He, um, he lived in a time that we live in just the same today. It's a, it was a very vile time before the Lord, and he explains this. If you jump down to verse 11, it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So here's a man, Noah, who walked upright and walked before the Lord perfectly in a very untoward generation. He was able to do it just like we are able to do it today before the Lord. Uh, we're going to go on to Abraham now. You can turn to Genesis 17, verse 1. And you know, time doesn't mean a whole lot to the Lord. The Lord is timeless. Uh, so whenever he says anything, wherever he, whenever he chooses to come and visit to you, it's, it's now. It's right there now. It's for you right now. Genesis 17, 1, it says, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So here's Abram, as he was called before the Lord there, ninety-nine years old. And the Lord just walked to him up that day and told him, You're going to walk perfectly before me. So, you know, again, there is no time with the Lord uh, whenever you'll know, you'll definitely know when you have that visitation from the Lord, a uh, new soul out there, um, you know, it, the time is now to be walking perfectly before him. 
we're going to um, talk about another man who is perfect, very well known. Uh, if you'll go to Job 1.1. Just as there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. And you know, with Job, he had no idea what was about to happen to him. He had no idea that everything that was going to befall him was that the Lord was just proving a point. I have a man that walks perfectly before me. You know, and the Lord has that right. He will try anyone, whether you're walking perfectly before him or not, or if you've ever never even heard of this, <laughs> or have you not tried to do it. Um, yeah, the Lord definitely has that right and at any time. But yet, Lord uh, Job did not charge the Lord foolishly in everything that befell him. And, he, and it was nothing to do... Job was a wealthy man. It had nothing to do with that state at all. It had nothing to do with this natural or anything at all. It had to do with his spirit and that he was a righteous man before the Lord. It says that he feared the Lord and eschewed evil. Um, another quick example, uh, the kings in the Old Testament. Uh, if you want to turn to 1 Kings 15, 14. It says, but the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. And that's interesting. Um, so perfection, too, is a matter of your heart. It's a matter of having that whole and complete heart after the Lord. And that's what the Lord's looking for. If you're walking holy and complete with the Lord, guess what? You're walking perfectly before him. It's, it's not hard. It is very attainable to do. And it's being proven out right in his Old Testament word right here. One more quick example I have uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Deuteronomy 18.13. And the Lord here was speaking about uh, the Levites, the sons of Levi and the Levitical priesthood. Um, and he just said here, Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. And that was a promise. The priests in those days were the only ones to go into the temple behind the veil. They had to walk perfectly before the Lord. And that was their, that was their charge. <coughs> so it's pretty well, I think everybody would understand that God is perfect. There's not really any... Uh, weighing on that. It's more of that natural mindset getting in there and people trying to tell you that you can't be perfect. But with God, if God is perfect and he instructs you to be perfect, then there should be no hiccup in that. Uh, we're going to read a little about God and his way here. Uh, if you want to turn to Psalms 18.30, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Um, and let's go to Psalms 19, verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Mm -hmm. um, and let's go ahead and turn to uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. You know, we're all the work of the Lord. The Lord doesn't leave anything incomplete. He doesn't leave anything unfinished. Um, 
he, he fully does his work. It says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is just and right is he. See, and we are the work of the Lord. The Lord works everything, and he does it perfectly, uh, whether that be, and it's all for his own purpose. He makes the believer perfect before him to do his perfect will. The Lord also makes uh, the evil, it says, for the day of destruction, and that has a perfect work as well. And it is a process. Um, the Lord will, you have to let that perfecting continue in your life, and the Lord will do that. Um, King David talked about it in uh, Psalms 138, verse 8. He says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Um, and we're going to jump over to the New Testament here uh, about that same, the Lord's um, work uh, involving us in that perfection. Uh, Romans 9.21. And it says, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? And kind of like I was just talking about a few moments ago, we are the Lord's work. He bends and shapes and, and molds us into that perfect image who he has chosen us to be. Um, and to the same end, again, like I talked about, and then the uh, another under dishonor, you know, the Lord's also molded the, uh, the Kim Jong-uns of the world and the different, the powers that be out there, but they all perfectly suit the Lord's mind, whatever he has. That is completely up to him, and he molds it however soever he will. <clears throat> All right, so leaving off some of the examples there, I'm going to talk about a few of the, the keys to perfection. First off, like I kind of noted in er earlier, um, perfection has nothing to do with the mind of man or the natural whatsoever. It's completely the spirit of the Lord that makes you perfect. Um, so my first key in perfection is walking in the spirit. And I have some scriptures out of Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22 <clears throat> to back that up. <clears throat> it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit, walking with the Lord is key. Uh, another, you know, we make fun of this a lot here, um, but there's a big mega church that has this horrible sign out front that says, nobody is perfect, everybody is welcome. And all things are possible, or everything's possible. You know, if they were led of the Lord, or they were 
if anyone in that building were led of the Spirit, there would not be that sign there whatsoever because it's completely contrary to what the Lord says about walking perfectly before him. If they had the right mind, if they would have had the mind of Christ, which I'm getting ahead of myself here is my next key, having the mind of Christ, it would be a lot simpler sign. It would say, the perfect are welcome here. And that's all they'd need to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, key number two is having the mind of Christ. If you want to turn to it, it's the 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. It says here, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, when you have the infilling of the Holy Ghost within you, you have the Spirit of the Lord himself inside you. That is the mind of Christ. Um, another key right in line with that is keeping your thoughts on Christ and the things above. Um, Colossians 3, verse 2, where it says, Set your affections on the things above, not on the things on the earth. Yeah, if we have that singleness of heart and eye, and we always keep our eye on the Lord, he's going to keep you walking perfectly before him. There's no off one way or the other. It's the distractions, the ones that take away um, from that. Uh, but with the Lord, just keeping that mind steadied on him. It's another key in, in walking perfectly and uprightly before him. The other thing is uh, having confidence, knowing who and what you are before the Lord, uh, knowing you have the power to overcome all sin. Um, in uh, Colossians 2, 10 and 11, uh, the Apostle Paul said this, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and all power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh and by the circumcision of Christ. Yeah, just you own it. You have to know who and what you are before the Lord. Have that confidence, like I said. <clears throat> and another one is when you have that confidence, when you're uh, assured of who and what you are and who you have inside you, you're going you're gonna to keep the commandments of the Lord. You're going to keep doing those things that keep you pure and keep you perfect before him. And we know this, uh, it's backed up, 1 John 3, verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Yeah, that's Christ within your hope of glory. Yeah. Uh, it's better felt than tell, we've always been taught. But yeah, you know, you just, you know by the Spirit who you have inside you, and there's no other way to be but perfect before the Lord. In fact, anyone who says there isn't perfect but has the infilling of the Holy Ghost can't say that. If you have the Spirit of the Lord within you, you can't help be but perfect. But then it is your job just to do those things to keep that up. And when you do that, this is what comes in. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. And it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
There's a few words I want to identify here. Sanctify means you're separated out. The Lord separates you from the sin, sickness, and disease, from all those things that would hold you back. Holy is another word for complete, which, as we know, is a word for being perfect. So completely, perfectly. Uh, and that your body be preserved blameless. Blameless means guiltless. It means without spot, without blemish. It means we have those, those white robes of white righteousness, and they're without any, any mark or mar on them whatsoever. <clears throat> now, if there's anybody out there who may be actually hearing this for the first time, you know, this is for you, this is for all of us. Um, but there's no condemnation in it. So we're going to turn to Romans 8, verse 1, and we're going to read through most of it all here. It says, therefore, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeliness, likeliness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There it is, walking in that Spirit again. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And why I said earlier that it has to be in the spirit is because right here in 8.6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Well, again, if you need that, you know where to turn. Okay? Be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for the remission of sins. You can read about it in Acts 2.38. Yeah, get that start there, and then you can begin to walk perfectly before the Lord. Uh, verse 10 says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. <clears throat> and uh, jump down to verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Yeah, so we walk and worship the Lord in spirit and truth. Um, another good point. <clears throat> uh, we're going to jump back into the Old Testament just a little bit here. 1 Kings 8.61, kind of as I said before, it is a process where we move from faith to faith and glory to glory. We're always wanting to be in that perfection and can keep, can keep it going. Um, says, let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. Yeah, if we continue in them, that's how we keep that perfection going. 
Second um, Kings 20, verse 3 says, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Um, another point I'd like to make is that God never changes his standards or his ways. Like I said before, the Lord is timeless. This word is going to be the same. He's never not going to tell you to be perfect. It never just, meh, I'm going to stop that and we'll do something else. The Lord never, ever does that. <laughs> we are to continue in that perfect walk before the Lord continually. <clears throat> yeah, and the Lord makes that point in his word as well. Um, Malachi 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Yeah, the Lord, you know, the Lord had a special people in Israel, and because of that, even though they would kind of waver a little bit, the Lord always stood firm. If they would repent and come back to him, he would be there for them. You know, as always, he never, his standard never changed. Um, Hebrews 13, verse 8. Again, to just back up that point, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Again, he's not, <laughs> the Lord isn't wishy-washy. It's either yea or nay with the Lord, yes or no. Yeah, and when he says, be you perfect, he doesn't say, be you perfect today and then tomorrow do your own thing. He said it very, very, very clearly. We are to just be perfect before the Lord. A couple of the Lord has a couple promises in his word too, to them that remain perfect. Um, Psalms 101 verse 6 says, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Um, Proverbs 2 verse 21, another wonderful promise of the Lord here, says, For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. Again, I talked a little bit about it being a process with the Lord. You know, you have to allow the Lord to come in and perfect you. You have to allow that molding and that pruning to take place. Um, and the Lord, you know, if you will walk perfectly with the Lord, he will prune and mold you into making you into that perfect soul before him. Talks a little bit about that in uh, Isaiah 18, verse 5. It says, for afore the harvest, when the bud is perfect and the sour grape is ripening in the flower, he shall both cut off the sprigs with pruning hooks and take away and cut down the branches. Yeah, again, the Lord will come in and, and prune and clip off whatever he needs, whatever he needs to do to mold you into that, that perfect vessel for the perfect work of the Lord. <clears throat> And sometimes we've been, you know, talked about how he'll rub a little bit here and there, you know, and sometimes it's a little bit um, not the most friendly to the flesh, but you know what, God, he sees past all of that. And again, it's just, again, you have to have that willing heart, uh, that whole and complete love for the Lord. And that's part of that, that perfecting in you and allowing him to continue doing that, that perfect work within you. <clears throat> and then I have... John 15, and we're going to read the whole chapter. Um, it's got a nice title to it. It's, uh, it's pruning to perfection is what we're going to call this. 
And the Lord kind of lays out here just, you know, he does that pruning and, you know, and because of it, what, what you will go through uh, walking perfectly before the Lord as well. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. He's going to do that, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. And no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Again, it's that it's the Spirit of the Lord that makes us perfect. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. <clears throat> and I just want to say there that as ministers of the gospel, that's our charge to do too. We, whatever the Lord gives us to, to give out is what we freely give out. Verse 16, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you should ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. <clears throat> but this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that was written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, 
who I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have with me from the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, and being, being perfect and upright before the Lord, there, there will be those times. You will be reviled for making those stands. Um, and especially on this topic, this seems to be a real big one. Because again, it's, it's not something you do by the flesh or by your own natural mind. Uh, again, being perfect is a matter of the heart before the Lord and you know, keeping his commandments and walking therein, continuing to do so. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to end with uh, what I call uh, GPS. Now, most of us know that as like general positioning or global positioning system. It's a way to kind of help you find where you're going. Um, and the acronym that the Lord gave me in this was just God's plan, salvation. When you walk perfectly before the Lord, when you have those, you, you've got the baptism, you're infilled with the Holy Ghost, and you've continued to walk in that perfection, then you get to go forth and minister and do what it says in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And with that, I'll, I'll leave the floor open to the Lord. If there's any further words of exhortation or comfort, Lord, it's for you. About the Lord and having the mind of the Lord and walking in the Spirit, um, my husband and I did not converse on this at all, but the Lord gave me um, just these beautiful scriptures that go right along with this message. Um, King David was another man another king that was perfect before the Lord. And I have some scriptures in Psalms, starting in Psalm 17, verse 3. And this was King David to the Lord. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. And that night is not night as we know it when we sleep, but it's those dark times that we go through, those trials, those tribulations. Um, Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing, because he had so much confidence in his walk in the Lord that he knew his, walk, his heart was perfect before the Lord. And I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. So even in those times, he knew that his mouth never sinned against the Lord. And in uh, Psalms 26, I'll read verses 1 and 2. This is King David again. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. And integrity also means perfect, complete, whole. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. He knew his trust was in the Lord. He knew that he walked perfectly before the Lord and with the Lord, and therefore he knew that he could not slide. He could not sin because he was walking perfectly with the Lord. And yet he had so much confidence that in that, the next verse says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. And I looked up the word reins, and it, it means kidneys, organ, and another organ. So he was asking the Lord to try every single part of him. And when you're that confident with your walk in the Lord and that you walk in the Spirit and that perfectness in the Lord, you do. You can come before the Lord and say, Prove me, examine me. And that way, if there is 
a blemish or a spot. He'll show you, he'll try you, and he'll work it on out so you can continue to go on unto perfection. Uh, Psalm 66, verse 10, again, King David, For thou, God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. And silver goes through the fire. That's that trying. So David, King David knew that it took those fiery trials to come through as silver. And I have a few more scriptures, and they talk about that trying of gold as well. Psalms 139, verse 1 through 2. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. God knows what's in your mind. He knows what's in your heart. And when you've got the Spirit of the Lord inside of you, it's His mind that's in you. It's His thoughts that are in your heart. And you do. You just walk as one with the Lord. And to be as that example of King David, to have that confidence in that. And another um, example that was mentioned earlier was Job. And in Job 23, verse 10, here was another man that walked with integrity, and yet the Lord tried him sore. And this is what he said, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. His confidence was so steadfast in the Lord that he knew no matter what the Lord took him through, he would come forth as gold. To have that much confidence Quite an example, uh, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 9. And I will bring the tried part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. And this is all a part of that perfecting process. And we go through that. And they shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. Yeah, when you walk perfectly with the Lord and you let him try you every way that he needs to try you and prove you, he calls you his people and you with confidence say, you are my God. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 through 3. But who may abide the day of his coming and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap and he shall set as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. God is a consuming fire. So to be able to stand in that fire, that's who shall be able to stand when he appeareth. And lastly, in 1 Peter 1, verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, that if that it be though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So to have that confidence as King David and Job and those beautiful examples to walk perfectly before the Lord and to know that the trials that come of your faith they are more precious. And they do bring you forth as that pure gold, that refining, that refiner's fire. So that's, that's what the Lord gave me. Well, I rejoice so greatly in, A, the truth being ministered uh, from the original translation that kept that language pure. And then to 
have the wisdom to dig it out in the concordance and find the true meaning so that we're not baffled by man's current definitions of the word perfect, but we can get the biblical definition, God's perspective, and why he instructs us to be perfect and how to become perfect. It's right in the word. And I love the Lord because he doesn't set us up for failure when he instructs us to do something. He doesn't do so so that maybe we will, maybe we won't. No, he sets us up for success and achieve those high expectations of righteousness. How do you know that? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. One of the great guarantees in the word, it says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Tune your ears. Walk in the Spirit as you heard here tonight. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. That word fall means to sin, to err, to offend. You'll never offend God when you're being diligent to make your calling and election sure. So as our sister Sydney was saying, it's moving forward with that confidence that God has will prepare you and will keep you and will continue to perfect you all the days of your life. And thus saith the Lord unto thee, my people, know ye not the cherished vessels that you are and the, the lengths and the breadth and the depths of my love for each one of you. While the world would try to separate us, while the world would try to create that doubt and that disputation, can I be perfect? Nobody's perfect. Know ye tonight that that is a goddamn lie of the devil. That yes, absolutely, not only can you be perfect, but I came to make you perfect, to give you that opportunity to move on unto perfection and to be with me for all eternity. Settle not for the expectations of this world and settle not for the, the paltry existence of this world, but lift your eyes and see all that I have for you. Because as you walk with me step by step, and as you study my word, precept upon precept, I will lay it out for you and I will keep it simple. And I will ensure that your soul, your beautiful soul that I gave my life for, will be before God Almighty for all eternity. Thus saith the Lord unto my people. Yea, saith the Lord unto my people, yea, I am here to guide thee, but it is your trial, so don't hold back, yea, saith God. Thus saith God unto my people, yea, I trust in thee, and yea, I strength thee, and yea, I give you power over the devil, and yea, my dear people, yea, yea, is, is those, use those Gifts because they are good, thus saith God unto my people.
Yea, saith the Lord unto you, my people, yea, behold the year of acceleration. Yea, ye shall watch mountains be flattened and valleys raised. Seas shall drain and deserts shall be flooded. Things that man label as impossible, yea, they will watch me make it possible. Souls crying out from the dark, they have been heard, and I will lead them to you. And yea, I will take you to them. Yea, again, behold the year of acceleration. After this season of great works, all shall know my name, and many will hear the cry of my messengers. Be ready, my beloved, for beyond this track is a sea, a sea of souls who need me. I know you are ready. Now my question is, are you? Think about that, yea, saith the Lord your God.